Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member? For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Three-time Grey Cup champion Sean Lemon of the Montreal Alouettes. You said that Wednesday's parade yesterday was one of the most unbelievable things you've ever seen in your life. It's just so many fans because I've won two other Grey Cups before. We've had parades and it didn't look like that. The energy there. You see passionate fans crying, hugging us, and just so excited for everything going on. And, and i just never seen anything like it. It's just so much fun. This is the Rod Peterson Show. Yeah, hi, everybody. Yeah, buddy. Thank you, Sean Levin. Welcome to the RP Show. Football Friday coming at you. Coming in hot. Glad to be here in this business. Glad to be anywhere. Live on the Game Plus Television Network, WQEE Radio. Happy Black Friday, everybody. Podcast, if that's your thing, and YouTube Live. I'm in rainy South Florida, as you may hear, definitely see. Darren Moose DuPont is in Toronto, Ontario, Canada, where he says they got the first snowfall of the year, but it did not last. Moose, give us the weather update from the center of the universe, if you don't mind. I'm not joking. It was about six dozen snowflakes fell from a sunny sky this morning. Big ones, um, but didn't even stick on the ground to even notice. And uh, just another late fall day here in South, southern Ontario. Love it, love it, love it. Hey, by the way, you see the silver carpenter over my shoulder. You don't now, but you did earlier. It's, uh, it's Friday. Is it Friday yet? It is. I'm going to crack that sucker here before long. Hey, it's a holiday, man. A lot of people taking Friday off. U.S. Thanksgiving yesterday. Our guests today include Jim Barker, his final appearance of the season for the CFL on TSN. Uh, Dave Campbell, a color voice of the Edmonton Elks, and Sheldon Napastic, CFL and NCAA alum. And we got breaking news coming up on Monday. I'll say it now. Cody Fajardo of the Grey Cup champion Montreal Alouettes, the MVP of the 110th Grey Cup, will be with us live on Monday. So how about that? Uh, believed to be the first Saskatchewan interview of Cody Fajardo will be on this program on Monday. Can you hit the quick six show horn, please, Director Jordan? <laughs> Um, we got to fly through this because Jim Barker's coming up in the very next segment, so I'll get to as many topics as I can. And by request, John Ohm of Winnipeg, I will get my NHL top five, bottom five next hour with Moose. We've got NFL deal or no deal to play for week 12, but let's talk about Thursday's Turkey Day in the National Football League. Christian McCaffrey had two touchdowns in the first half as the San Francisco 49ers rolled to a 31-13 win over the Seattle Seahawks at Lumen Field. The 49ers now have a two-game lead over Seattle in the NFC West. Riverboat Ron Rivera is facing questions about his future as head coach of the NFL's Washington Commanders after a lopsided 45-10 loss to the Cowboys. 
Rivera says he's not worried and is taking it game by game. Meanwhile, fired defensive coordinator Jack Del Rio last night. And in Detroit, Jordan Love set the tone with a 53-yard pass to Christian Watson on the first snap and finished with a career-high tying three touchdowns, leading the Green Bay Packers to a 29-22 win over the NFC North-leading Detroit Lions Thursday. So it was a fun day of football, nine hours of football. Darren, I do laugh because we are Canada's favorite daytime sports talk show. We're also the favorite show of the CFL and its fans. The people sometimes bitch. Don't have three games in one day in the CFL, they bitch. In the NFL, they don't care. Bring it on. Canadians don't care that the NFL has it. And dang sure Americans don't care. So um, I'm going to go back and check at our deal and no deal and see but if we were right or not. But what would you think of the football on Thursday? You know what? It was, it was good. Um, Should have known better about Detroit. I know I picked the Lions, I think, to win that one and cover the spread. We both did. Um, I should have known better. We both yeah. did. But they're, they've lost their last seven Thanksgiving Day games. So what a terrible thing for Detroit, you know? You got the holiday, the team's playing well, but you still are going to lose on Thanksgiving every single year. Tough for them. But the other games were good. I thought the Cowboys were great. Um, Love to see that young defensive back when he uh, got the record-breaking pick six, his fifth pick six of the season. Uh, to break a record, that was cool. And Jim Nance's call was pretty good. He got excited, kind of jumped out of his seat. And uh, didn't watch a lot of the late game. Didn't watch a lot of the late game, but the 49ers rolled. Uh, as I check our deal or no deal from yesterday for Bet Regal, our official betting partner, everybody sign up this weekend at betregal.ca for free and start playing. I had two of three picks right. You had one of three picks right. So I'm just going to put that out there right now. To the very fun topic that where we are the view for sports fans. Daytime talk. The Dallas Cowboys continued their tradition of playing on Thanksgiving, but it was the halftime show that stole the headlines. Dolly Parton, the 77-year-old country music legend, performed at halftime of the game between the Cowboys and Commanders. Parton performed at midfield, dressed in the iconic Cowboys cheerleader outfit and sang some of her hits. I'm not sure what newspaper I ripped that from, but let's, there's more to the story than that, than what's in black and white. I'll be honest, I found it traumatic. I found it traumatic, and you know this is coming, Darren. I told you this this morning. The definite, one definition of trauma is any circumstance or set of circumstances that your mind can't comprehend. And I cleared with this with Serena this morning because she agreed. We were sitting on the couch watching and going... What's going on here? Dolly Parton is in a Dallas Cowboys cheerleader outfit. And I'm like, the traumatic part of it is, she looks good. She's my mom's age. How about that? It's not right. And then I started thinking, looking a little closer. And I'm like, no, no, no. It's, it's kind of it's kind, kind cringeworthy. But on the flip side, she don't care. She don't give two squirts. What I think or you think, and that's been Dolly's career. you got to watch the documentary on her on Netflix. She don't care. She's always been edgy. She's always done her own thing. And she's always pushed the envelope and the discussion. Uh, so the poll question today is quite simply this. What did you think of the Dolly Parton halftime show in Dallas? 
Brought to you by Kia Auto Group. The all-new 2024 Kia Sportage reimagines innovation in motion. It pushes the boundaries of urban SUV design and technology with refinement and purpose. Go to keyyorktonkia.com for more information. The 2024 Kia Sportage movement that inspires. And I'm voting just so you know, I thought it was fantastic. It just took me a couple minutes to think about it last night. And now, yes, fantastic. 82% of you agree so far saying you think it's fantastic. So don't listen to the haters. I'm actually happy that we have the digital proof now, the evidence that the vast, vast, vast majority of people say, you go, girl, you go do that thing. Don't listen to the 18% that think it's inappropriate that a 77-year-old would dress like a 20-something cheerleader. Over to you. Yeah, once I got my mind wrapped around what was happening, I thought it was awesome, too. Yeah. You put it all into perspective. How was it not? At first, I'm like, I'm watching her on stage. I'm like, nothing's moving. <laughs> like, nothing. She's not moving. Face isn't moving. And none of the assets are moving, you know? And I'm just like, hey. But, you know, as Leanne pointed out, she got a lot of work done to look that good. But she did. She looked good. Like, pulled it off. Not so bad. And, you know... At first, I wasn't sure if she was singing, but the more I watched, I'm like, no, I think she's probably singing, uh, having a good time up here. Um, and you know what? There's Jerry Jones. He was smiling ear to ear right down there on the field. Like, I think he was in the front row, be right up his alley. So uh, everybody was having a good time. Um, and, and if you bring it into the whole game, Dak was jumping into the Salvation Army tub, pulling out chicken legs. Everybody was having a great time. And isn't that what Thanksgiving is supposed to be about? Well, and again, um, if you, I like the guy that wrote into our website today, rodpeterson.com, and said, if you, are, if you are the vintage of Dolly Parton fandom, of which guys of my demographic are and gals, two doors down, they're laughing and singing and having a party. That's what it was. She should have sang two doors down. I don't think she did. And I rushed to Google first to check her age obviously, 77. And then I did a search of the top Dolly Parton songs of all time. The most downloaded on Spotify is Jolene, Jolene, Jolene. That was, she sang that last night. Nine to five was like fifth really? all-time downloaded. She's the queen. She's the queen of country music. And I know a lot of our audience because we own, owns this daytime time slot across Canada, number one in 55-plus age grab, uh, males and females. Right now, we own it. Uh, they get it. They, I think, I'm sure they were all rooting for Dolly Parton. But you know there were some people that thought that it was inappropriate, and that's also fine. We're inclusive. This is what we do. B.W. from Edmonton says, uh, Dolly has always been Dolly. Right, that's quintessential her. And as I put in my commentary today i found it a bit of an inspiration because i got that 15 percent of haters that are on my ass that for a long time bothered me and just sometimes you need a reminder from somebody like dolly parton to just go be you and let the chips fall or whatever fall you know jeff the stamps fan says uh, i would it would be cool if you did your show from dollywood um eventually one day let's Put it on the list. By the way, it is a football Friday, and yes, our NHL top five, bottom five are coming up later on in hour two. We're going to stick to football here in the warm-up, and I'll allow any football-related topic, which could include, if you want, 
the Saskatchewan Rough Riders coaching search. I'm not going to get into it every day. I'm not going to debate it with people every day, but I will talk about it today on a football Friday. So just to let you know, if you want to write in on that, we'll get to that later. But because we have Darren here, I want to ask you this. I'm skipping past the NHL top five, bottom five, to say this. Point four, the Montreal Caravain and UBC Thunderbirds hold their final practices before squaring off Saturday in the Vanier Cup. The University of British Columbia's biggest challenge will be solving a Montreal defense that's allowed just four field goals in three playoff wins and hasn't surrendered over 16 points in a game all year long. Meanwhile, last night, U-Sport handed out its annual football awards. Jonathan Senecal of the Montreal Quebec became the first from the school to take home the Heck Crichton Trophy as Canadian University's MVP. Uh, UBC's Theo Benedet earned the J.P. Metra Trophy for a second straight year, becoming the first offensive lineman to do so. Darren has been calling these games all year. Canadian University football. So obviously you are, will be tuned into the Vanier Cup on Saturday. Give me your preview and uh, you want to pick a winner? <laughs> Two great quarterbacks. Jonathan Senecal uh, was named the U Sports Player of the Year uh, for Montreal. And Garrett Rooker, who comes from Houston, Texas, uh, that area, the, 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 the suburb of Houston, a quarterback in UBC, he was really good too. Um, it's going to be interesting. Everybody talked about, I mean, Senecal won the MVP. But it was Montreal's defense that was really good. They forced seven turnovers against Western, who was number one. And UBC's offense, that's the battle. And you talked about Theo Benedet. I want to tell you about these two tackles that they have. Theo Benedet and Gio Manu on the, on the two sides. They're both six foot seven, 300 and you know, whatever pounds. They're huge. They're monsters. When Laurent Duvarnay-Tardif was getting um, recruited into the National Football League out of Laval, they had about five NFL teams come and visit the school during the season. UBC has had like half the NFL come visit. So around 15 teams from the NFL have come visited UBC. And some of them have come back two or three times with different people. These two tackles are huge. So I'm gonna, it'll be interesting to watch them against this great Montreal defense on Saturday. It's going to be a fun game. And a prediction? Got it. Give me UBC by six. Homer alert, Homer alert, <laughs> but I'll allow it. And by the way, for those that saw me crack this Sober Carpenter beer on screen, it's non-alcoholic craft beer, the official partner of the RP show and sponsor of our text line, which is open 902-518-3033. Later on, as I mentioned, for those that are just joining us, we will be playing Week 12 NFL Deal or No Deal. Um, I saw it come up again. It's been talked about every day, probably because it's the Dallas Cowboys. Jerry Jones and Jimmy Johnson have made up. So we're going to talk about some all-time football feuds and grudges later on in hour two. But I want to take to the text line here. Uh, from all across North America, they're watching. Brian in Hudson's Bay writes in. The Moose Capital. He says, Dolly looked fantastic. If I didn't know better, I would have thought she might be 50. Dolly's favorite line, it takes a lot of money to look this cheap. LOL. How about that? Uh, Jim Wagner from Balgoni, Sask. And I'll remind you, Saskatchewan's still the number one region for viewership of the RP show. Has been for 1,128 shows and probably always will be. And if you missed it earlier, Cody Fajardo will be on this show on Monday at 1240 Eastern. First Saskatchewan show to be on. Jim in Balgoni says, it's a peachy day. Orange, really, on the RP show. Nice, bright shirts, gents. Enjoy the weekend, all. 
I'm wearing the Dolphins because they're playing today. The NFL's first ever Black Friday game. They're at the Jets. And I struggled with it because the Dolphins don't really do much for me. As a matter of fact, nothing. It's the Panthers that are putting people on our show, giving me clothing, giving me an assortment of bobbleheads and dolls and toys. But I'm wearing, but I'm wearing the Dolphins because it's football Friday. That's really the only reason. But thank you, Brian, for pointing it out. Bomber boy in Calgary writes in and he says, Happy Football Friday. The Jets are going streaking. He's talking about Winnipeg. They're going for their fifth straight win when they visit the Panthers here tonight. And he says, And my Packers shock the Lions. It's another Thanksgiving miracle. Kirk from Toronto's written in with a question for Jim Barker, but Jim joins us next. I'll ask him the question when we do come back. Somebody asked the other day if I was going to the Jets game, Panthers tonight. Here's what I've decided to do. I found out it's not till 8 Eastern. For the love of Woo. God, I'm brushing my teeth at 8 p.m. Eastern. Getting ready to tune in, to turn in, sorry. So I'm going to go to the first period of the Jets and Panthers and then rip over to American Heritage High School in Plantation, Florida, which is like 10 minutes away, and catch my guy, Matt DeBuck. It's the league final. Cardinal Gibbons in the league final, brother. I've been following it, as you know, all year long. I've been at 80% of their games, and I don't abandon my friends. And that's why Cody Fajardo's coming on on Monday. So I got a, not a doubleheader, but a two-sport night tonight, and I'm pretty dang excited about it. So, Moose, I'll see you back in hour two. Yeah, that sounds good. Okay, the CFL on TSN's Jim Barker, five-time Great Cup champion, joins us next. We're live on the Game Plus TV network, WQEE Radio in Atlanta, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and YouTube Live. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Back at it on a Football Friday, Black Friday edition, broadcasting from South Florida, where thankfully the sun has finally come out. A lot of big games tonight, as we were saying, just before the break in the area. And as a matter of fact, we are on national Canadian television, all 10 provinces on Game Plus, but also 31 states in the U.S. So as we bring in five-time Great Cup champion Jim Barker, I want to ask you, I want to lead with this, Jim, on a very big weekend in the NFL. It's the very first-ever Black Friday game today. The Dolphins are at the Jets. First ever in NFL history, Amazon Prime's carrying it. How do you feel about the NFL gobbling up another day, Black Friday, and trying to make it a tradition? 
and they have to do it at three o'clock so they don't violate the rule. I, I just, I don't like it. I mean, it's, I, I Fridays are, I, I'm from the U.S. and the Thanksgiving Day game stunk yesterday. I mean, there's, you know, that's just part of what happens sometimes with the Lions as bad as they've been over the years. And then you think this is the year on Thanksgiving, they're finally going to win and couldn't do it. And then, you know, Jack Del Rio gets fired for his effort as a defensive coordinator in the Washington game. So it was just a, a long day yesterday of NFL. But I, I love Friday college football, you know, uh, like Nebraska and Oklahoma, those teams playing on television on Fridays. Uh, that's just what I grew up with. So I don't like dipping into the doing things new. I mean, the NFL has enough viewership. They go to Saturday, Sunday, maybe this week or not. soon. Soon they go to Saturday, Sunday games. So uh, that, you know, that's enough. And, you know, they have a Thursday already. I don't like the Friday at all. Hey, I appreciate the answer, and it's interesting that you say that because it feels like everything they do works. But on the college front, you're right, 13 games tonight, including Ohio at Akron, Curtis Rourke, which is a story for another time, or maybe we'll get to it later in this segment. You didn't come on to talk about that. We're going to talk about the 110th Grey Cup and an amazing comeback by my guy Cody Fajardo in the Alouettes. He'll be on this show on Monday, Cody. Uh, take me through it all, Jim, the week and then the game, and your thoughts. Well, the week was... The week was very good. Hamilton put on a great, great cup, and uh, it was. It seemed well attended. It seemed people had a great time uh, coming into the game. It was. It was hard to figure out how Montreal would score, and you know Cody can say what he wants, but in terms of how people viewed them, but when you looked at what that that organization went through, losing Eugene Lewis and you know, not having a lot of choices. And yeah, they, they, they took Cody and good on Jason Moss for, for doing that. And I was excited to watch him. When he made that last throw to Phil Pot. that was a big time throw. And it was like, wow, this guy has vindicated himself in terms of his own mind and his own what he needs to move forward as a viable quarterback in this league. And, you know, I think Cody is a, a guy that has some tools, and if he can learn to play within his, you know, within himself, he's he can he can do this again. So uh, I was really excited to watch that happen. Uh, I was just I was surprised at the game at the way the whole thing turned out. I thought the second half, uh, Winnipeg just I don't know they were just it seemed like they were on the verge and they just never were able to make it happen and. Uh, you know, we had a big discussion at halftime about the decision by Montreal to go for it on third and one from the one and uh, with 20 seconds left. If there was a minute 20, for sure, you go for it. But with 20 seconds, it's going to be the last play of the half. I just thought that was a wrong move. But Jason Moss knows his team. And to his credit, they went in the locker room and they came out in the first drive they scored. Now, in my mind, if they had kicked the field goal, they come out the first drive, that's a 10-point turnaround. To me, that's big. Um, but not scoring on the one-yard line didn't affect them. They came right down. And, uh, again, uh, Cody threw a strike to Cole Speaker. And uh, they made a lot of gutty calls and a lot of gutty plays in that game. I mean, that third and five call, you know, it looked like it was uh, double hitches and uh, – 
and, and a go route, and the corner just kind of was in limbo. Didn't think they would throw a go route on third and five, and uh, the hitch in front of him or the little outcut in front of him brought him up a little bit, and Cody made a, a good enough throw to Cole Speaker, and he made a, a great catch. So the game was more exciting. I, I know I was part of the winning team in, uh, the year before, but I think this game might was more exciting football game. Um, the last last year's was exciting. The last eight minutes, no question. But this game was it was pretty interesting all the way through. I found it to be a really interesting football game. It was great, and you guys did amazing on the Great Cup broadcast. My only problem was CFL Plus didn't start carrying it till 6 p.m. Eastern. I'm like, hello, we got a full day of coverage here on TSN. Hello, but whatever. It is what it is. Maybe they'll do it next Five year. Hours. This was the first year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I hey, that's fun stuff for media <laughs> guys like me. I enjoy that. Um, and hey, yeah. And when you talk about the um, excitement of the level of the game, it helps to have a rooting interest. Uh, and for me, I was on the edge of my seat for the Owls and Cody and Jason Moss. And uh, they, they had a lot of opportunities. You said that they blew. They were down 17-7 at halftime. Could have been up 14-10. So for them to come back, so much has been made of Cody's speech the day before. I'd like to know what Jason Moss did at halftime. But we'll delve into that. This whole story, is, it's a DVD, it's a movie, it's a book, if anybody wants to do it. I promise the question here from Kirk in Toronto I would ask you, he says, could you please ask Jim if he thinks Chad Kelly can recover from a truly horrific playoff meltdown? Thank you. Wow. Um, I haven't talked to Chad yet. Uh, you know, all the things came out about this. I don't know. I, it's, you know, he can go. It was interesting. I was talking to somebody yesterday, and he could go 16-0 and again or 18-0. and during the regular season, and nothing matters for him until he gets back to an Eastern final and and plays well there. Uh, I think he had something happen to him that has, you know, ha hasn't happened before, and his response to it, I don't, I mean, over time, I thought at the time after the game, I thought everything was great, and then to go into the things about you know, the injury and this and that. And I just thought it, it kind of tainted him. what he's had as a great two years publicly. Um, again, he's got he's to toughen up and just be able to, to deal with it, put that behind him, and move forward. Physically, there is no question he's going to be dynamite. I think the Argonauts are in a great position because they've got a younger guy that can take them forward. For the next, uh, you know, five, six, seven, eight years, uh, I hope he gets over. I, you know, I, I, how do you, how do you, you know, it's like a, it's like a guy missing the free throw that costs, you know, that costs his team everything. You know, it, now it wasn't one play, but it was obvious he played in a way he hadn't played all year, and you could just see him grabbing the ball tighter and tighter and tighter. Uh, trying to make a play and you know I hate the choke word I, I really I, I mean that's um but it, that it just seemed like he was just he, he just couldn't couldn't get it couldn't get it get it going at all and started to press to get it going and uh I'm gonna go on the side of he needed to go through that 
to become the great player he's going to be 10 years from now. And we'll 10 years from now when he retires, he'll talk about the Eastern final in his first season when he had a great team and he played as bad as he could play, which he did. I mean, he made plays running one way, throwing another way. I just, again, I've been his biggest proponent all year long, but, um, you know, he played, played very, very poorly and did not give them a chance to win. You know, it's funny. We talk about quarterbacks. They can win games, but they can lose games. For you, yeah. I'll tell you something. You just proved to me why you've had the longevity and success as a five-time Great Cup champion and all the other things you've done because of being a motivator and looking at the positive side of things. Because Chad's going through a really tough time right now. You may or may not know he's gone social media silent. He's not doing any interviews. He's hurting. He's in a bad place. What's interesting is all the haters can kind of point at him and go, oh, we were right. Whereas a week later in the Grey Cup, Cody, Sean Lemon, all these guys shoved it down the haters' throat. That's what we love about sports. Um, but I told Cody when he had a tough time leaving Sask, I said, this will make you stronger. I didn't think it would happen this fast. But it did. And I'm with you. I think this will make Chad Kelly stronger. Gosh knows. I hope it does. But what choice do we have? And what I love about only having really one game to discuss is it gives us more time here to get into things like the Bombers losing back-to-back Grey Cups. There's naysayers there, too, now. I'm like, well, I'd rather be in their position than a lot of other teams. But if you're Winnipeg, uh, what's the future look like for them? Well, the, again, a lot of it depends. they got to get Kyle Walters' thing squared away in the front office, which a lot of teams now mm -hmm. are trying to get that all figured out and then go about signing their players. I, I think that the culture's not gonna change. Michael Shea's not gonna change. He's gonna be who he is. Players are gonna enjoy playing for him. But again, as time goes, things change. And, and that loss, I think, for them was, uh, it, it was a devastating, just the way it all happened. And, and again, they're ahead with 11 seconds to play. I mean, it's not like they played terrible. Uh, it was a great cup game, but everybody expected them to win by, you know, eight, nine, ten points. I mean, the spread was off the charts. And when you don't, and then after they lost the game last year when they were favored, um, you know, it 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 creates it creates some some things. I think they're still going to be one of the top teams in the West. Uh, I think those other teams have a long way to go to, you know, to catch up to where they are. But again, so much in the CFL changes and, you know, they lose Buck Pierce to Saskatchewan and, uh, you know, Adam Big Hill decides to retire and you say, well, Adam Big Hill, you know, he didn't have a great year. And he, Adam Big Hill, what his value is not necessarily what he does on the field. I say this a lot about the Sankey-Lemon combination. Those two guys, it wasn't about what they did on the field. Yeah, they Lemon brought more sacks, and Sankey brought a physical presence, but it's what they brought to the locker room. It was like 2012 when we won the 100th Grey Cup with a 500 team. The key thing in that whole season, the whole season, was when I brought Adriano Belli in in uh, late September, and he came in and he made football fun for everybody in that locker room. They learned how to play CFL football, the CFL way, I'll call it. 
and our guys just played loose. And to this day, I believe that was the that was the key factor in us winning that game. I think a key factor for Montreal this year was what Sankey and uh, and Lemon brought into that locker room. Those personalities were needed. That, that leadership was needed. It was maybe an unspoken leadership. I don't know because I wasn't there. I'm just saying that what Adam Big Hill brings to that team, it's not based on how he plays. It's all the other things he does that says, this is how you're a champion. This is how you win in this league. And if you don't want to get on board, then get out. And when you have players doing that, you're going to win games. And I just believe that that's what happened in Montreal with those two guys. It's more of what they brought to that locker room. So things can change in a hurry here. Adam Big Hill decides to retire. Uh, that was, a, you know, I believe probably a fairly serious injury. And he tried to play through it and couldn't. Um, you know, is he going to come back? Then if he decides not to come back, what does that do with Willie Jefferson or Jackson Jeffcoat? And, you know, teams are going to come with money for those people. And will they, you know, will they say it's not worth it? And so their team's going to change. The dynamics of their team are going to change. It's the key is what they lose. That will determine how they're going to be. And, and do they have enough core that they can, you know, overcome that? and make another great cup run. Hey, I appreciate the analysis. We have a time restraint today because Dave Campbell's in next. I got more, but um, I appreciate this has been great. Jim, thanks for everything all season long, and I hope to do it again next year. Great. Thanks a lot, Rod. Really enjoyed it. This has been uh, the highlight of my week is to be able to be a part Us of Football too. Friday. And when you need an NFL thing, just give me a call, and I'll talk all about Jack Del Rio getting and <laughs> okay oh, we will thank you jim i appreciate you uh, jim barker cfl on tsn and his visits brought to you by emj marketing they will provide the perfect keynote speaker for your event look up joe at emjmarketing.com we're going to edmonton next we're going to talk elks but we're also going to talk about orders so dave campbell be ready for that we'll be right back on game plus television wqee radio apple podcast spotify and youtube live Friday rolls on here on Game Plus TV, WQEE Radio and streaming. And, hey, there are 15 games in the NHL today. Interesting. Go to our poll and vote on that little mini poll at the Rod Peterson Show on Instagram. Leading the way for game of the day, Maple Leafs at Blackhawks. How about that? Winnipeg Jets here at Sunrise tonight. I can't wait to go to the game. But we are putting a wrap on the 110th Grey Cup of the CFL season. We bring in Dave Campbell, longtime Edmonton Elks and Eskimos broadcaster. And, of course, 630 Ched carries the orders as well. David knows his way around the hockey rink. Uh, hey, Dave, how you doing, brother? Happy holidays. Yeah, good to see you, Rod. Happy holidays as well. I feel like there's a lot of things coming out of Edmonton with regards to the football team right now. And you know what I'm talking about. Maybe private ownership, maybe not. Um, 
You know, what's the roster going to look like? Rick Wallacher's made comments here this week. Can you give me an Edmonton Elks report from from where you sit? Well, let's start with uh, let's start with what we heard yesterday, and that's uh, a committee, five person committee, and we'll look at uh, basically ownership options, and uh, we'll see what happens here. I mean, the 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 comment from uh, from Rick Wallacher, who's going to stay on until this process is completed, as far as you know what what type of ownership will be uh, in place for the Elks uh, to ensure their future. You know, he's going to stay on um, 2024. They should be able to get through just fine. There's enough in their stabilization, stabilization fund. Uh, season ticket renewals have actually upticked, which is good. Trey Ford has probably uh, contributed to that. Uh, but it's, it's dire rod. And, uh, you know, this once proud franchise, which is uh, going through a rough, patch here of losing money four straight seasons and the last time they made money was 2018 that's when they held the great cup here in edmonton they won all or they uh they picked up almost 2.8 million dollars in revenue uh since then they've lost somewhere between i don't know i think it's about 18 million somewhere in that range and they're going to lose more money uh this year or for from 23 i i don't think we're going to see community ownership and you know i'll make this this prediction and i'll put a lot of runway to this by the time the 2025 cfl season rolls around this team will be under a private owner or private ownership group wow well if I, I don't usually like to look back but can i ask you this who do you think's to blame for where the team is right now i i think it's been a slow burn uh for a while um you know, there was a lot of people upset, uh, you know, before 2018 with, you know, with the organization, the direction, you know, Len Rhodes was was the president and CEO at the time, made the club a lot of money. They lost a lot of uh, attendance, though. I think it was like 9,000 in average attendance under Len Rhodes, and um, there were some people upset with him. But then you got the perfect storm, Rod, you know, COVID, uh, losing season, the name change, the, you know, uh, you know, the mismanagement, I guess, from Brock Sunderland and, you know, Chris Preston came in um, and a tough situation for him to handle COVID. Um, and then when you decide as an organization, and I think a lot of people would agree uh, with the move to let go Chris Preston and Brock Sunderland and, and, and Jamie Elizondo, the head coach after 21, um, the consequence of that is that you have the football ops cap, which puts this team in real dire straits. Um, which, you know, they'll be free from this year for the most part, or in 24, so that's good. You know, there's not just one thing, Rod. You know, there's been several, there's been several reasons why we're here. The, the thing that bothers me and the thing that concerns me is how, how quickly the bottom fell out of this organization. Um, They're real tough, you know, like I said, t tough, uh, tough financial times. You know, when you're in a community-owned type situation like let, let's lay it out for 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 how the structure works here you got 75 people on you know who are shareholders you, you pay your 10 bucks you get voting rights then you have a board of directors um and you know they're volunteers and they're all very good business people and established in the workforce and um but they're volunteers and a community ownership structure isn't designed to handle what has happened to the elks the last four years and they keep losing money so there was 15 million plus in that stabilization fund. It's probably now down to half.
Okay, happier topic. We'll see what ha I've heard the rumors. I don't want to get into it, man. You know, you and I have known each other a long time. I say anything, I get trounced mm -hmm. to It's like people ripping on Dolly Parton for the way she dressed last time. I'm over it. So I'll just <laughs> wait and see how it turns out. I don't want to, I don't, I hear that it's coming. Obviously, so do you. But the positive yep. thing is this. How about my guy, Chris, Chris Jones? I'll always be a Chris Jones guy. Um, things are on the uptick there, right? I think so. Um, they're going to be, uh, you know, continuity they're going to have in 24. They, they are probably going to only have about 15, 16 free agents compared to a year ago when it was about, you know, 30 to 35. They're going to have a, a very a solid roster as far as continuity is concerned. Now, the roster was young in 23 in relative terms and might be young in 24. And the concern that I think people have and I have as well is, okay, are they going to grow up? Are they going to find uh, the way through a game where they you know, go through a tough time and uh, you know, not cave in? You know, you go back to week one, Rod, where they had three cracks of, of, of scoring against the Riders at home here in the home opener on the one-yard line and didn't do it. I think that messed with their psyche for most of the year. Then they went through a stretch with Trey Ford at the helm where they won four or five games, and then they lost four in a row. But I do think there's some optimism because of Trey Ford and the excitement he brings, and he's going to have to improve as an all-around quarterback. Um, they're going to have to improve their offensive line and uh, a little bit. It did improve. But, you know, I always say this, you know, look at the Grey Cup. Look who won it. Look who was there on the other side that fell short. How close are the Elks to the Alouettes and the Bombers, right? Well, if you look at the Alouettes, I mean, I think this offense of the Elks is somewhat comparable. Uh, defensively is where the Elks really have to improve in special teams. But defensively, when you're giving up an average of 28 points per game throughout the season, that's not Chris Jones' defense. So. Um, they have to do some uh, tweaking to the roster, uh, but they'll have a lot of their pieces back. And the good news is the football ops cap, for example, uh, or as I mentioned earlier, they're going to be free of that. So if Chris Jones wants to get some help in coaching or football ops, he'll be free to do that. Okay, lastly, we got about a minute or two. I respect you immensely, Dave. You know that, your knowledge of football and hockey. So I want you oh, to tell you. me who you think is to blame for where the Oilers are. Because I've heard every opinion. Now I want yours. <laughs> well, on, on, well, you just set me up like a tee there, Rod. Rod. My goodness, don't get me into trouble now. That's what I do. Anyway, but seriously. <laughs> but seriously, it's, it's defense. They, they can't stop the puck. Okay. Um, they can't defend well enough. And their goaltending hasn't been good enough. Now, it's relatively the same team as last year. Okay? And that team... If they would have beat the Vegas Golden Knights, could have very well been in the Stanley Cup final. They could, they could have won, right? So they knew that. They came back to training camp. Or they actually, they came in September 5th for captain skates, and we're talking Stanley Cup. Through training camp, they were talking Stanley Cup. Cup or bust. You heard that from Leandre Eisidel and some others. I think that set them up psychologically. Uh, that was not a good situation for them. Um, I don't think that that uh, that has played very well with their with their with their psyche, and they they they're caving with the pressure. I honestly believe that. You know, there's that saying: "Be where your feet are." You know, um, just focus on where you are now. It's you know the the NHL season is a is a grind. It's a build. It's a it's a marathon, not a sprint. And I think they feel the pressure so greatly 
that, uh, you know, they're having trouble scoring. They're having trouble with their power play now. They're having trouble with the penalty kill. They're having trouble with everything, defending, goaltending. They changed the coach, you know, Chris Knobloch. You know, he even stopped practice at the beginning yesterday and said, okay, someone went offside. We're starting the, the, the drill again. Uh, F-bomb, F-bomb, F-bomb. You know, he was very direct. So there's going to be probably a trade coming. But the problem is, Rod, every team knows the Oilers are, you know, they need a goalie or you know, especially, and they're not going to make it very easy on the Oilers. So the warning I have is whatever trade that is, if this doesn't turn around internally, it's going to be brutal for the Oilers. It's going to be brutal for the return that they have to give up for whatever asset they get, and it probably won't be the asset you like. Amazing, amazing, amazing stuff. David, I appreciate this. Again, um, enjoy the football, the hockey, whatever's on your plate this weekend. Uh, thanks for this. You got it, buddy. Same to you. Yeah, good to see you. Edmonton broadcast, great uh, Edmonton broadcaster, the great Supi Campbell. We'll be back with a sports update and as much audience takeover as we can. Sheldon DePasta coming up an hour or two and the Moose will return. We're live on Game Plus Television, WQEE Radio. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and YouTube Live. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Another decent day down here in South Florida. Going to get to a sports update in a second. Just checking in on the Rod squad. Here's what they're saying. Troy in Toronto says, how about the Packers taking down the Lions? The team looked much better this week. Maybe there's a reason for optimism. Troy in Toronto on his pack. We opened the show, uh, just so you know, the warm-up talking with the three NFL games. And Darren and I both got that one wrong. As did the odds makers. Everybody thought Detroit had that one in hand. So certainly made things interesting in the NFC playoff picture, hasn't it? The Eagles, by far the best team in the NFC. Said, I will play NFL dealer, don't yield. You know what I mean? Next hour. How about that? Wayne in BC. Wayne in BC says maybe the Oilers got ahead of themselves and had the bad start and couldn't handle the pressure. How about that? How about that? Janet, the Four Seasons, says one hour till Bedard versus Toronto. Beautiful. Let's go, Connor. Tonight, I got the Jets and the Panthers here. 
plus a high school league final football. Life is just fantastic. Sports update. Where's my bell? Swiftcar Broncos head coach Devin Pratt has been handed a five-game suspension for violating the WHL standards of conduct. The league says the violation occurred during a team practice November 13th. He's already served three games of the suspension. The 36-year-old was appointed as the Broncos head coach last year after serving as interim. Didn't he slap his, slapped his stick on the ice? You. Toronto Raptors are back home tonight to take on the Bulls at NBA play. Raptors split a recent two-game road trip after posting a win at Indy and a loss at Orlando. And the New York Jets host the Miami Dolphins on NFL play this afternoon. The first ever Black Friday game in the National Football League. 3 p.m. kickoff. 7-3 Finns against the 4-6 Jets. We're brought to you by Common Crown Brewing, the uh, sports updates. Turning your everyday common beer into a unique and exceptional experience. And uh, in Landmark Cinemas right now, Five Nights at Freddy's. Can you survive Five Nights? The terrifying horror game phenomenon becomes a blood-chilling cinematic event as producer Blumhouse brings Five Nights at Freddy's to the big screen. Hour two coming up after this brief pause on Game Plus and Key Radio.